this is literally our first YouTube slash podcast for Chit Chat with Chitty. <laughs> I'm super excited. And it's kind of funny. It's a little uh, weird setup here. <laughs> Kind of took my study. We took it apart. Kind of deconstructed it. It's gonna. It's gonna take some time to figure out the logistics. Yeah. So let's introduce everybody here today. We ha we do have a special guest on today, Mindy, my wife. Hi. She's awesome. And then my sidekick here, Ron. He's the producer, man. He's putting everything together. Can you tell us about yourself, Ron? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I'm not a doctor, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn last night. So. So we're good to go. <laughs> I'm just as good as you as far as I can. I love it. No, I'm just a regular project manager at a big old corporation that nobody wants to brag about. And uh, yeah, I like to make videos. So here I am. Yeah, I've known Ron since, well, I've known Mindy as well. I've known Mindy and Ron since high school. And so Ron and I, we did a lot of videos growing up, actually. Yeah, and he still does a lot. He makes a lot of these, like, uh, around videos. Well, and I was thinking about that today. Like, I was thinking that really. I used to just do music like I, I was just always like since I was like 14 I was like making music on my computer and then when we did the gringo video and not just filming it but afterwards gringo I was like so uh, I was so amazed by how you put that video together I'm like this is all I want to do in life I just want to do this I just want to make, make stupid videos, videos. I just want to make videos and, and do that so that that was the inspiration for where I'm at now. well I keep talking um, I gotta check out the camera here <laughs> Alright, technical difficulties, I'm back. We're going to edit that part completely out. This is the, the beauty of live, but not really live. I'm glad you're letting everyone know that this will still be edited it's out. It's fine. This is reality. This is how we do it. I, I'm not messing around here. And actually, I was, I was thinking, I was like, yeah, social media has become the new reality TV. Yeah. And I was trying to think back, like, what was the first reality TV show that you can, like, remember watching and realizing like this is supposed to be reality for me it was real world i was gonna oh, yeah. say the same thing for sure totally real world i used to love that show like I yeah that was awesome i think it's we still watch I'll, the challenges yeah i'll still sneak a challenge world, in every rules, once in a while whatever still watch it i think after like 20 i was like <laughs> okay i'm done <laughs> yeah i haven't watched real world for a long time but so it's definitely first so I want to talk about the kind of the premise, what our plan is for this podcast, right? So I kind of talked about Chit Chat with Chitty MD um, on my social media on Instagram. And I honestly just want it to be about everything and nothing at the same time. Like kind of like the modern day Seinfeld, like the Seinfeld for millennials is what I'm thinking about, right? That's what I'm thinking. If you guys are watching Seinfeld, just a mix of, of whatever. Shows, yeah. But I think, you know, aside from meds, because, you know, you can go on my Instagram and just look at surgery stuff all day. I talk about it. And we'll have surgical topics, especially plastic surgery. There's so much we could talk about. But really, I want to bring on guests. Like, we're going to talk about some stuff today, but with Mindy. Um, but things aren't just surgery. Like, you talked about doing a mukbang. Tell us what a mukbang is, Rami. You yes. I know you've heard of it. So I'd never heard of it either. And then these YouTubers that I watch frequently, they started doing it. And... At first, I thought they were swearing when they said it. Like yeah. the word That's is so just good. the word is just not an English word, you know. And so, uh, then I started, you know, I I Wikipedia'd mukbang, and and I was like, okay, like I got a background that it originated in South Korea, where they just basically were doing. It was essentially they were doing a podcast, and they were eating while they were doing a podcast. They weren't talking about their food really. They were just eating uh, a lot of food. And then just talking, and and for some reason it caught on, and Americans started doing it, and so now it's kind of the 
the thing to do on YouTube and it looks fun when you eat delicious food. <laughs> We've got our apples. Oh yeah, here we go. We're having an apple. Oh, yeah, so I really I thought about I don't know if this is recording to be honest. It looked like it was doing this loop thing. I, I mean I don't use garage band. Well, we can you know I think we'll get most of it. We can call a timeout and then you can double check it. It's working now. It's working now. Okay. Um, yeah, so we got apples. Here, crunch. Right in the mic. Just so you guys all know, again, when this actually airs, we're, you know, we're planning on doing this hopefully weekly, right? At least once a week. We're going to have different guests on, different topics. Sometimes we'll ha I'm actually going to have guest hosts come on and host it and ask me questions. Me and Ron questions. Me questions. Um, and then we'll have guests on that we ask questions, like today. Mindy, we're going to ask her a bunch of questions. Okay. So that's kind of the premise of it. It's going to evolve most likely. It may not be in this study that I have. This is called the Chitty Den. I just named it about three minutes ago. It may be downstairs in the unfinished basement den. It's going to be a Chitty's unfinished basement den. But, okay. Let's just get a giant green screen. Well, I have a bunch of green screens. Oh, that'd be we sick. Could we could be in here. line. We could be, we could be anywhere. Dude, we could be in Thailand. Yeah. Can we do that? And then we will go to Thailand sometime to do this. Yes. You know, I would love, so I'm having my my event this Thursday, which probably by the time this airs, it'll be over, but um, I would love to do like a live at that event. Well, and that's I, one of the that's things sick. I was thinking about that would be good for you is to like have kind of like, like a live podcast. Yeah, it'd be like, fun. But it would be like you invite people that are subscribers yeah. and it'd be kind of like a, a drawing. Yeah, random cool. drawing and it was fun. It'd be like... Something if there's different. 11 people, it's random. You may pick two out of 11 subscribers, got, you know? We have 15 subscribers. Oh, 15. Hey, that's pretty good. One day. It's my mom, my dad. My it's not Mindy, me. Ron, I'm not subscribed her yet. Her brother. Half people don't even have Google. I mean, that's the thing. Everyone has, like, a Gmail, right? But I don't think they even know that they can log in and make, like, a YouTube account and then subscribe. They have, like, no idea. No. I didn't know. I don't know if I'm even subscribed you know, myself. Well, you know, it's funny. You put, you put those movies we did 10 <laughs> plus years ago on YouTube, like YouTube wasn't, right. like nobody knew yeah. how to yeah, use YouTube. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. what it is. Still, they like, have like 700 views. It's been like 12 years, but hey, <laughs> someone will find it someday. Um, okay, so today's topic, the main topic of today, we have Mindy on, and she's been kind of, I did not force her, okay, there's no coercion here, but we're going to talk about operating on your spouse, okay, because when I was in training, you know, it was always like people say taboo, like don't ever operate on your spouse. But it's funny because that's said, but quite honestly, all the people I talk to, they all operate on their spouses, wives, husbands. So I want to talk about that today because Mindy and I, we had, when I started my own practice here, you know, with, with uh, Dr. Ward and with Forum, when I started my practice, Chittister MD, Mindy, you had said that you wanted me to operate on oh, you. Oh, I've always said that. I've always told you that. Yeah. I was super hesitant though, right? Because... You know, in my mind, I thought, well, ethically, like, is something wrong with that? You know, like, what if something happened to you? Yeah, you've always told me no. You told me you don't want to operate on me, um, that you like the way I am, which that's a compliment. Um, you've told me, yeah, what if something went wrong? There's a million, a million things. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality of it. I just honestly, I, it's just like those disasters you think about, right? Like, let's say we're doing something like a tummy tuck or liposuction and you don't wake up for one, you know? Or there's like, you know, you get a blood clot or you're bleeding or something, you get admitted to the hospital. I mean, that could happen with any of my patients. Mm -hmm. But the thought of it happening to my own wife, like that's, I don't know, just seems to scare me a lot more. What, um... 
you had mentioned on uh, one of your lives about there's like some kind of ethical um, rules you have to follow regarding giving free surgery. Yeah. So if you're operating on your wife, I mean, do you have to make her write you a check from your own joint check account, or does well, it not count? Anyways. <laughs> Money, but I mean, like, mean. like, where does that? How does that? Yeah. How does how does that work compared to like what the situation you were talking about with the uh, the TV network show? Yeah. Um, you can can you yeah, do free you, surgery on your wife? Because I mean, in reality, we, we would all know. Even if she wrote you a check, we know it come from the same checking yeah, account, true. right? So it's we know it's free, but like, where? How does like the medical standard community like? differentiate that from giving it to someone else? I think, I mean, part of it is, though, if you're out there giving for, so so non-spouse, right? Because, I mean, you, like, right. live together. Like, I don't charge her rent to live with me or anything like that. So, um, and, and <laughs> Thank she you. works with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not yet. But yeah, so, like, you can imagine if you brought a patient just from the outside, right, not related to you, and you're giving away free surgery, especially if it's, like, a cosmetic thing or something, you know, it, it, it could be uh, misconstrued as to the reasonings of why you're doing that for that patient. Are you trying to get other patients from that? You know, what's, it's kind of more of like, what's your like motive? Is there some ulterior motive that you're giving free surgery? Um, the other aspect of it is if you're giving away free surgery to people to bring in, let's say clients again, and your competitors down the street aren't doing that, you know, that kind of pulls away a crowd from your kind of colleagues as well, you know. So if you're getting away free surgery for like dirt cheap or nothing, right? And people are like, well, I'm going to go to that guy because he's giving away free breast augmentation. Well, that kind of puts other people in a bad position, right? So they'll be like, well, why aren't you getting away free surgery? Well, you know what? Like I went to school for 15, 16, 18 years for this. Like why do I have to give away surgery? Because that guy is, you know. And so that's where I think the ethics comes into. It's not like I don't think I was going to get mad at me, you know, if – I'm, do, I'm doing surgery on my wife no, who's not going to pay me, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, they do it on their own. I know a lot of these guys in the area do, yeah. So I think that's where the more the premise is. So if you get down to like the black and white, yeah, like, okay, technically she's not paying me a cash amount. We still pay for the facility on stage and everything else, right? I mean, I guess, but it's more of, I think, the philosophy of, okay, like, why are you doing it? And are you doing it because you're trying to lower the competition and bring right. in patients? That makes sense. Yeah. So that's my perspective because I've read, you know, the code of ethics for, you know, ASAPs and American Board of Plastics and all that stuff. And um, that's kind of what I take from it. But, yeah, I'd be interested to hear what other people kind of, you know, get from that, you know. Um, she's still paying for it, though, like I said, just not with uh, cash. <laughs> In other ways, she works hard. <laughs> well, I don't get paid don't, to work, honestly, if I that makes sense, too. Honestly, I don't. I don't envy the work you do put in. Like, because every time I'm seeing both of your Instagrams, like, it's so chaotic. Like, you guys mm -hmm. are all over the place. And even, like, the nights where you do get to relax, you're relaxing at, like, 1 in the morning. <laughs> and, yeah, like, like last, night. last night. Why are they still up? <laughs> I know Dude, they've been busy I, all day, and they got to probably wake up at end. 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I was up till 1 doing that talk. I mean, that's yeah. kind of extraneous. See, that's, like, something I volunteered to do. But you're right. It doesn't end. Yeah, I don't think anybody... Uh, thinks Mindy is is along for a free ride. Oh, definitely not. She's putting in work. Like, <laughs> for sure. I already paid for the surgery years yeah. And ago. she put in work all those years you were in school, too. So, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's definitely a very equal relationship yeah. from the outside looking at. Yeah. Okay, tell me about the surgery you had. I mean, are you okay with sharing a little bit? You don't have to all the details, but yeah. kind of what, what do we do? 
and what was your recovery like and everything? Well, so I'll kind of start at the beginning. Um, where do I even start? So there are things that I've always wanted done. I think there are things that every woman wants done. That does not mean that I don't love myself. That doesn't mean I don't value myself, who I am, because I definitely do. Um, sometimes I actually take pride in the fact that I am a curvy plastic surgeon's wife, um, a naturally curvy plastic okay. surgeon's wife. I take pride in, in some of that stuff, that I'm not this super skinny, super plasticky wife. So I've, I've taken pride in the fact that I've been very natural, um, besides some Botox and filler every, every now and again. I'm pretty sure they put that in drinking water. So it's all natural. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, not working for me. That is all I do is drink water. So. Um, so there's that, but that doesn't mean that I haven't wanted to address a few things. Um, you know, as weight changes have come, like before kids, after kids, during kids, all the things, it just changes your body. There's skin that stretches out, there's things that start to fall a little bit that we're not falling before and I wanted I wanted a little updating um, so we had a rep come in and approach us and she wanted us to try this new machine that goes along with lipo and she we were in the meeting with her and she said if you can arrange two patients like one or two patients we'll bring this machine in for you to try well I was I like to try it for a while, yeah so and I was like out. sold you already have one patient lined up and he was like no we kind of you know, talked it out for a long time. He told me he didn't want to do surgery on me. Um, you know, we had lots, many, many conversations about it. He made sure I was well educated on all of it. Um, he told me that if I needed surgery or wanted surgery, maybe I could go see one of his friends, um, which that's great. His friends are great. I love his friends, his colleagues. They're all fantastic. But I'm his biggest supporter. I'm his biggest follower. I've been following his journey longer than anybody else has followed his journey. He was the guy I wanted to operate on me. So I kind of, I, yeah, I stuck it to the man and I was like, no, you're doing this. You're doing my surgery and I, this is what I want. He, he let me decide what I wanted. Um, he didn't tell me what to do. It was, he treated me just like a normal patient. We had a pre-op of all the things that go along. Well, and then you can talk a little bit. So we did the lipo with the, so I use the Vaser machine. So it's this ultrasound frequency that's emitted by a probe. Like I said, so I still do the same liposuction. I use the micro error power assisted liposuction, but it replaces one of the steps that I did before. Since I use that ultrasound energy past that probe and it helps kind of, it makes it, it's just so easy to pull out. It's, it was awesome. And it's good for high def contouring too. Um, but with that, um, maybe tell them a little bit about your breast history, right? Because there's yeah. something another part of this whole lipo thing that we did. Yeah. So I've had a lot of a lot of interesting breast history. So when, when I was 19, 19 years old, I got a breast reduction. Um, I was just always self conscious of how large I was in high school. Um, they were a little asymm asymmetric, and I just was self conscious of it. Um, I had to, any swimsuits that I bought, I had to get a different size of top and bottom. And I don't know, just when you're in high school, it makes you think of all the things and everything bothers you and you just feel uncomfortable. Um, I would get a lot of comments from guys 
about my chest and that made me feel uncomfortable. So yeah, when I was 19, I decided to get a breast reduction and then fast forward, what, how many years? I was 33, 34, yeah. was that our second 33 ish. I don't know. Yeah. It's probably 32, 33. And I went to, um, the OB guyan and he was just doing a routine checkup and noticed a lump in my right breast. So we he sent Sorry, me. Sorry, I didn't for... notice it first. <laughs> that took him to notice it. <laughs> yeah, that's, what well, res- were, that's what residency does. Yeah, you were an intern in a second year, so. Working twenty hours a day, you don't have time to <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. I know. I couldn't even spec myself, dude. <laughs> yeah. So I went in. We biopsied it. We were watching it. It kept coming back as they weren't worried about it. Um, it wasn't stop with the apples. This isn't ASMR. Nobody <laughs> wants to listen to your crisp sorry. apples. You're serious right now. I'm sorry. Oh. So, so we were watching it. It was it came back as normal breast tissue, right? No. It wasn't normal. It wasn't breast cancer, but it had features that were concerning. Yeah. Possibly like pre- so That's we why. watched it for actually like a year and a half. I had to go in every six months and do a biopsy and it kept growing like an ultrasound. Oh, that's right. That, yeah, yeah. At that point, that's when they were concerned. Yeah. So, well, I went in the first time. They weren't super concerned, but they wanted me to watch it for six months. I went in six months later. It had grown in size. So I went in another six months later and it had grown again. By this time, it was the size of an egg and the, the breast surgeon just didn't like that it was changing so she wanted to take it out yeah which is cool i mean i was a resident you know and i had worked with her before but she was fabulous she was awesome and you know from her prior breast reduction scars she asked me to go help mark you kind of where we could go through to get to it safely you know so she still abided by the principles of surgical oncology for breast surgery but asked me from a plastic surgeon standpoint because that's what we do you know when we do breast reconstruction, you know, we'll mark the patient with a lot of times a surgical oncologist so we can plan the incisions and scars. She's nice enough to let me kind of plan that and then she was able to take out the mass. Yeah, so he helped use my old incision, my old scar. Um, It was already pretty much faded to nothing, but you could see where it was a little. And they used my my old incision scar and went through there, got it out. It was considered, instead of a lumpectomy, it was considered a partial mastectomy because of the size that they took out. So I could have received um, reconstruction through my insurance because of it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so since then, I've once again had a little bit of asymmetry because I had an egg-sized amount of tissue removed from one side. And I mean, asymmetry is super common in women anyway yeah but it was a it was very noticeable yeah. i mean i'm talking like you know full cup size yeah. it's over 200 grams you know from what i kind of calculated or yeah measured so what we decided big. to do with this vaser and with this lipo is to fat graft so i thought that was a perfect opportunity if we were, you know the lipo was there and yeah so just so you know you know what fat grafting is we I take the fat it stays sterile and we use a device for, you know, it's called the Revolve system that I use for you. And there's several different systems out there. Essentially, the, the fat is harvested through all these suction cannulas and then kept sterile and goes into this machine, process that fat, kind of clean it out, and then, yeah, re-inject it sterily. So we inject it into your breast. So, you know, we had, I always, 
we made you get an ultra timer before too, just check that one area that I saw. But um, you know, it is safe to do that. There was some thought for some time that it wasn't safe, but you know, fat grafting to the breast is very common, even in you know, just again, primary breast surgery, you know, with implants and some people need some good thickness and coverage, we use fat grafting. So so I thought that was a great thing to do with the fat that we were taking out from you, you know? So yeah. it's kind of nice to try and uh, balance out your breast size. Definitely made a difference. Um, yeah. Anyway, so you're recovering okay. Yeah, so it's only, it's actually been two weeks tomorrow. Yeah, you look great. And everything's going well. The swelling is coming down. The There's some discomfort Mm -hmm. with it especially like the first couple of days but it wasn't too bad i threw a party two days later so yeah i set up a big humongous oh, yeah, you didn't go down the big water slide though pound. no i didn't go down the water slide it was but heavy. i set it up that was so i think it was huge okay next time first of all, i'm never ever ever setting that up ever again by myself or like without the people i would pay someone to set it up yeah i agree and that take one. it down and Something it was raining that big and it gets waterlogged because then it's like we'd take it down this like two-story three-story thing and it's like raining on top of it so we're out there soaking wet <laughs> and then I, I did that live i was like soaking wet um i, uh, I was wondering like because i imagine there's you know a lot of other women that would probably either be in situations like you or maybe would think about going through that process like when you get implants obviously i imagine it has a very different feel than kind of your natural tissue so when you get fat inject injections do you, can you like sense that difference in flesh or like does it feel just like it did before you had any procedure like that? Um, as of right now, right, as of right now, it's a little tiny bit more firm, just a little, but I'm assuming that that's going to. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I do micro, it depends on how you do it, you know, same with like Brazilian butt lifts where we put the fat in the butt. It's like a ton of volume of fat, right? So the breast, I don't do that much because I don't want to overwhelm the breast. And we don't want what's called fat necrosis where the fat just kind of dies. I mean, it just doesn't get blood supply, so it gets firm. And then it just stays firm and then your body absorbs it. It feels like you have a lump anyways, right? Yeah, yeah. So you don't want that. So I do micro injections. You know, I just when I was doing it, I had posted it on stories. But, um, yeah, it's just very small, called aliquots amounts. And you just kind of thread it through all the, the tissue. Um, and so you feel some swelling right now. You're in two weeks. But that will continue to soften. Same like the, the BBLs that come in. So it's not like hard, right? No, but it's, it's just a little more firm because there's yeah, some swelling, thing. there's mm -hmm. edema. But as that comes down and the blood supply gets into that, you know, it's like imagine these like fat globules, right? And blood has to kind of get into the middle of it. So if you have a huge fat globule like the size of a basketball, well, blood's not going to get to the middle of that thing. So the inside fat's going to die. And that's when it gets hard, like you're asking. But it can, it can feel very natural, you know, because, you know, a woman's breast, and especially as our age changes and the hormones change, you know, the density of the breast is changed. Breast, this is the breasts change, right? Um, and so they do become a little more fatty. Um, and so it, it is very natural feeling. Um, implants can feel natural too, but again, it's, it kind of depends on how thick your tissue is, right? Because you have very thin skin. Some people are very, like, very thin and fit. You put an implant in there, they're gonna, you're going to see it for one, but two, you're going to feel it too. Um, and that's why, you know, for some people, I don't even recommend saline, you, you know, certain ages and things because you can see it. You can see it sloshing, like rippling. So these are all things I talk about with patients because... Everyone has different goals in mind. Some people are like, I want fake looking breasts, you know. I want people to know that I paid for these these things. <laughs> some people are like, I don't want anybody to full. know. Yeah. So that's I think that's what I love about it is that everyone's totally different. You know, it's like it's like coming in and customizing your car or something. Like you get to choose all the features and you know, I'll do my best to get what you want. But you know, I try to be realistic too. Some people have unrealistic expectations. I can't do that. I'll tell them that. I may not your surgeon, you know, and so 
That's the consumer market in my mind. You know, you become a plastic surgeon, you can go down the street and see 20 other plastic surgeons. Just hope that our, you know, we kind of align together in our goals. So that's kind of what I, where I approach it. So um, when I was operating on you, at the start of the case, one of the, uh, the people in the OR asked me this, like, so what is it like operating on your wife? And I kind of thought about it for a second and said, you know, it's not weird, actually, because what I've always tried to do and take an approach in my mind is that I always kind of think of everyone that I'm operating on as my wife, right? So I want to treat them to that same level that I would have treated my wife. Well, then I actually finally operated on Mindy, my wife, and so it wasn't any different. So I always want to give that level of care and attention to detail. Didn't treat me any different than how to treat anybody else. I was treating the best I could, and that's why I tried to treat everybody else. So exactly. yeah, I was like, I could try. A little, I'm a little more love, is what she said. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I wouldn't do anything differently, you know. So I have a, a question. I promise I uh, ask for some of our friends because okay. I think we all, at some point, have wondered. And this is for Mindy. So <laughs> obviously now you've been kind of in the operating room with them as a patient, but even not being a patient, you're so involved with the business. You've been supportive of him throughout all of med school and getting to this point. Like, you knew what he would end up doing, right? And so, like, if we're just being frank, like, he's, you know, dealing with women's boobs all day, right? And, and, I, and you know, from a, you know, a younger guy, immature perspective, like, that is a funny type of concept, right? <laughs> yeah. But just in general, like, how have you ever, have you had to overcome any kind of anxiety or, you know, self-consciousness about him seeing women on a frequent basis I mean we all know how professional Jerry is and so like when you look at it like that you know you wouldn't have any cause for concern but I think it's just human nature to yeah have that kind of thought in your head so what what has that been like for you so in the very beginning it takes a, a select group of people that make it through medical school to even become plastic surgeons. It's a really competitive field. You have to get really good grades in med school and um, on your, not boards, I'm thinking boards step. now. Yes, your step exams. And if you get certain scores, it opens up this whole area of medicine that you can practice that some people just don't get the opportunity to do. Um, when he got his scores back and they were really good we started talking about stuff like this and plastics and my mom worked for a plastic surgeon when I was born too so I've had a little you know just learning things from her but we started thinking about plastics and I did start getting really worried and I wasn't really worried about him and seeing other women I was actually more worried about women trying to project themselves onto him so it wasn't him like mistreating people it was them mistreating him or trying to take advantage or trying to steal my man you know like that that's where my concerns were in the very beginning um but then i don't really remember through residency as he really started plastics he went through general surgery first and i think i just saw the way he cared for patients so i knew that's just kind of what it was um but I do remember getting a text one day that said, <laughs> her nipples are alive and they look great. <laughs> and I was like, I was excited for him because I knew he was stressed. 
And usually in cases like that, it's not just like a breast dog. There's a lot more to it. It's usually a breast reconstruction case after cancer or something like that, that you're more concerned. Um, but I just remember being like proud of him and like, yes, you know. And then I was just like, hold up. My husband just texted me that another woman's nipples are alive and they look good. And I'm cheering him on, you know. But that's when I realized like, oh. He's, he's saying it from like a, a medical perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Like, He's not saying it from, like, an immature, pervy Yes, and he actually saw, we were watching music, we like to watch music videos still, because, you know, 1981, birth <laughs> years, when MTV was born, that's just oh, yeah. who we are. So, we were watching a music video, it was of Rihanna, she was wearing, like, a really, pretty much a see-through shirt, like, very sheer cream-colored shirt, you could see her nipples through it, and he was like, this is so distasteful. You know, like he was just like, oh, this isn't my thing. And I remember, (laughs) well, I remember him saying that and I was like, okay. So when he's seeing a patient, it is not sexual at all. Like it is. And now that I've been working in his office and I get to see him in consults and see him in the OR, it's very much that way. It is not that way at all. I mean, for me, you know, for one, yeah, like I, like you said, kind of protect, I always have to protect myself as well, you know, with patients. And so I always have a medical assistant with me in any exam, even if, you know, we're like running, let's go take photos really fast of your, your breast dog augmentation. I always, I always grab the MA or my medical assistant to be with me and it's to protect the patient too. You know, I mean, I have no intentions, but it's to protect me, me as well. Um, and you know, most, for the most part, people are the best is the MAs are very, very, protective of me yeah. um there were friends they're my friends and they watch and out for me i didn't i don't i didn't i don't think i realized that you always had someone in that mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. because you know the pictures we see are just of the patient yeah so, so it's you're, hard, just, you're wondering it's hard to tell or even yeah. like some of the videos where you're doing follow-ups and like you can only hear your voice yeah so mm-hmm. i think that's that's good because like that kind of transparency mm-hmm. um a lot you of know, times it, the patient shows, has a friend or spouse too. It shows how professional you are. Mm-hmm. It shows that, you know, this isn't anything more than a medical. Yeah. Right. I, I take it very seriously. I mean, I, I enjoy what I do, right? And and there are times where, you know, I've done a, I always tell my patients, you know, like, especially when we're talking about breasts, you know, breasts are never identical twins, right? No one's born with identical twin breasts. It's like, uh, you're, have you cut your body in half? You know, both sides are not symmetric, right? There, there's little subtleties that are different, but that's that's what we're made like. And I always tell patients, you know, like, it's like we're at a family reunion. It's like first cousins hanging out, two breasts. If I can get them after surgery to look like sisters, then we're happy. That's the goal. If I can get them to look like identical twins, I'm going to quit my job. So I always am looking to perfect, you know, a breast augmentation or a breast lift. Um, but that's kind of a more personal goal. You know, it's kind of me always trying to just striving to do better and better all the time. But sometimes when I have really, really, really good results, I get super happy. And, you know, and <laughs> yes. I'll, you know, I'll be like, yes, they look great or something. And Minnie knows, you know, it's nothing to, like, I'm not like, you know, like, oh my gosh, my patient. It has nothing to do with how I feel towards the patient or anything. It's kind of the work, you know, it's like if you created a work of art or you've done something and you're proud of it, that's kind of how I feel. So. Well, when I give a haircut, I'm very critical. Like I will mm-hmm. sit and look at your hair and if I see anywhere that I missed or anywhere that is uneven Mm -hmm. it will drive me crazy until I fix it so but when it looks really good like I'm sorry right now that was a pretty good haircut 
I'm, I'm that same like... way when I cook food. I critique <laughs> all my food, even though yeah. Tiffany says she likes it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to critique. We're our right. own worst critic. I think what's funny about, you know, you being in the business, you know, you do obvious, like, breast surgeries are one of your more high-volume surgeries that yeah. at least you showcase on. Well, most Instagram. people have two of them, so, you know, <laughs> it's nice. But, I mean, it's, it's funny because, like, I've, and I've told you this, like, I will not like any of your breast photos. And it's just because I feel weird. I this. I feel weird, like, being a husband, like, the perception of, mm-hmm. oh, did, did you see Ron was liking that girl's <laughs> photo? Like, you know, it, it just... I see what you're saying. Even yeah. though I know Tiffany wouldn't think that way, yeah. I think I would think that way as a woman. And so, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm protective of, of that image. And so, like, yeah. anytime you do a hand surgery or... Anything that's non, uh, I guess, sexual related, you, uh-huh. know, you know, sexual organ related, then then I'll like those and I love yeah. those. But I'm I'm very cognizant of not doing that, so that's why I kind of like. Well, that makes it's sense. Interesting. I've never thought of that. Your perspective yeah, on how you handle it, and and you know, I know it like breast shouldn't be, you know, at this, in this kind of uh, area, breast shouldn't be like sexual, sexual or funny, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's always going to have that kind of connotation to it. So yeah. You definitely be taken that way. I see what you're saying, you know. And I, at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, if you go to like a museum or something, and there's a lot, you know, when we were in Paris the first time we went over there, after I graduated residency, and we went to a couple of museums, and you know, there's like artwork and sculptures and stuff. And my guess is kind of like I would just avoid those rooms if you thought <laughs> if I want to see the breasts. But I mean, I, I kind of think of it that way. It's kind of like art, you know. And so, I mean, you can appreciate art and not have to feel like sexualized over it. But I get that because you know it could totally be missed. Because the thing is, you like something, everyone's gonna see it, right? Like if you're in an art gallery and you like something, no one's gonna know that you exactly. like it. Like, right? yeah. It's not like your eyes pop out social physically media, and they see you. Social media <laughs> just has created a whole new context. Yeah. It was for- a- a how footprint people interact. For, like, yeah. even if you put a comment on somebody's profile, it can be mis, you know, totally. mis, misinterpreted of what true. your intention or what oh, your, yeah. you know, the context of how you're saying that. So that's kind of why that's something like yeah, because you have a high because especially amongst our friend group, like mm-hmm. you have such a high profile like uh, page that if I like something on there, it, it might get noticed. So it might say it. Well, if you know, I don't like my own photos, so you know that's I don't. I see what you're saying. I don't yeah, like my own well, photos. People who like their own photos. <laughs> no offense. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you should, that shouldn't <laughs> even be an option. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that should not even. You should be able to click. No, Sometimes. did you hear Instagrams might take that off? What the likes? Yeah. Oh, well, you mean from liking your own or no, like no, seeing from, seeing that oh, yeah, people like it? Yeah. Because it like like a it popularity game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like people. It's I joke with Tiff all the time. Like, oh, I gotta do it for the gram. <laughs> we all do like, it hold on i gotta pull over right here and take a picture for the look grand. at that sunset oh yeah we all do it yeah look at this burrito but it drives unhealthy behavior so i do i hope they take that away actually but yeah it'll be i think it'll change it the metrics of like yeah yeah the whole algorithm mm-hmm. yeah like that'll change business for sure very much yeah well, and it's interesting this and we'll talk about say another episode or what do you call this yeah, episode this is episode yeah, one episode. Um, and on our podcast too, but I'm um, just talking about social media. I want to talk about social media in plastic surgery and I have some cool things I'll share. I can't share just yet regarding this, but in the field of plastic surgery and social media has some fun stuff to share with you guys, but it's going to probably be a couple of months, yeah. but we'll get there. It's exciting stuff. Um, and then just one last thing I want to mention, cause I think we're kind of winding down now, 
But um, unless you guys have anything else. But I want to talk about the, the TV pilot really quickly. So I can't disclose too many details, but it's super exciting. You know, we, we wanted to do this YouTube channel and podcast just as, you know, almost in parallel. And it may be come to the point of where contracts may come up and I may not, they may not let me. But asking, I'm excited for this. About that. Do you think they wouldn't let you talk about anything or just talk about medical related I mean things? I've talked yeah that I've would talk- be weird to me if they said hey you can't do a mukbang on YouTube <laughs> like I'm not, I, I, mean, I don't know to yeah talk to him be like who are you to tell my friend you can't mukbang on YouTube yeah so I gotta look at the contract I'll have to look so at bad. it if it comes down to that but yeah we'll see how it goes the fans will demand mukbangs yeah but it's kind of cool I mean just how that whole thing came about you know the whole TV pilot thing I mean it really shows like what the power of the internet does because I mean, the production company that we're working with or that contacted me was through Google. I mean, they literally Googled me, um, and I can't share all the details yet, but, I mean, honestly, they had looked a couple years ago, and then finally asked me, like, well, we never saw you two years ago when we were looking in Utah for stuff. Where'd you come from? I was like, well, I was in Los Angeles, you know, last year, and we were in Southern California. He's like, oh, my gosh. And so, you know, my website, they found my website. They have like a team of people like out there researching. They found my website and that's how they con- they like my content on there. I mean, they weren't on Instagram or anything, which most of my stuff I do is on Instagram, you know, and Facebook. But um, they contacted me through the web and it was legit. So it's been kind of fun to work with them and, you know, getting patients coming in, telling their stories, working with them. Now they've been Skyping because the, the production team is in UK and the, one of their offices in UK. So the main guy that's working, he's in the United Kingdom. But it's kind of fun. We're excited to see where this goes. And, you know, it may not end up being anything. I don't know. So that's why I wanted to keep doing this this podcast YouTube channel and just talk about things like this. And we'll give you updates as these things come up. We can do that. But it's kind of fun. I think uh, a combination of what you've already been doing on Instagram, hopefully where this podcast goes, and then that TV show, you'll be the next Dr. 90210. I don't know if you. I, I think I talked to you before. I don't know if you remember who he was, but like he was huge. He was yeah. like when reality TV was first starting. He, he was, was huge. Yeah, he was the early. Sure. And yeah. and like what was what I see similar with between you and him is like you guys have those vibrant personalities. Mm. So it's like I I kind of and you know when we started talking about this and some other things like a year ago, um, like I really envision that one day you're gonna have like your own Kardashian type show. Like, <laughs> Keeping up with the Chittisters. But keep, There's nothing to keep up with here. With a C. <laughs> yes. Keep but, uh, or you'll be called Dr. 801. I don't know. Oh, 801. Yeah. Oh, I like that, Dr. 801. What? Can't yeah. use 84095. I, I like Dr. 801. It's like shorter. Or Dr. 385. I have a... I have a yeah, but 801 is... I still have my 801. Utah, so That's like, true. So, you know what's weird? When I was, this is, we're going to talk about ghosts and weird stuff too, okay? This, again, this is a, a podcast, a YouTube channel about everything and nothing at the same time. But um, when I was, I think it was my second year of residency, it was like at two in the morning. I was on call and I was walking around the hospital and I'm walking, it's like I'm on the eighth floor because one of the surgery floors in the hospital and I see this huge laundry bin. It's like full of dead bodies. No, I'm just kidding. It's not dead bodies. It was full of laundry. And I look at this, I was hallucinating, it was like 2 in the morning, and I'm walking, and it says on the side of it, and I took a picture of it, I have it on my phone, it says, return to 801. I was like, it's kind of like a sign, I don't know if you guys believe in signs, but it was weird, like I, you text that to me. Yeah, I never, yeah, I did, huh? I never, like, thought, 
I would come back here, to be honest. We love California. We I, love Southern California. I think you thought more than I thought. I think that made me think more. I think in the beginning, I was sure you guys were coming back. And as we go visit you more and more, I'm like, yeah, if, if he gets an offer in California, they're going to stay. We did. I mean, I had like three or four offers. I know, offers. Did, I I know and not. I thought we were going to stay. That's what I'm saying. So did I. And it was... So it just worked out. It was, yeah, like, you know, it was good to have you guys back. It's, it was always fun to visit you in California, yeah. but, you know, we'll take you back here. For a <laughs> well, Mindy says that the only way that we could move back here was that if we got a place, timeshare, or whatever, in Newport Beach, or on the beach in California. So Still working on it. You should do that. So. Yeah, First, right. got to get a house here. I actually yeah. got to have a house here, not rent my parents' yeah. house, or live in this house. Yeah, now you can afford more condos and more places as long as you just keep this one. We love this house. Don't, don't I mean, this is, we love this space. House. Just keep this house, because it's beautiful. It is. We like it. We'll get like four Travel all over. houses around the country. Hawaii, Newport, Florida. I like I like Ron's thinking. Yeah. I like his mentality. I'm down. Well, cool. I, I think that was pretty good for me. I don't know if you guys actually enjoyed it at all, but I I, well, I, I had think, fun. Yeah. I think how it's we... It's pretty fluid. If you guys like it, then subscribe to the podcast. It's yeah. going to be on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and then obviously YouTube. So you can subscribe to any or all of those. If you're on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button and... Get the, uh, right, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, do the like button, do the ring button, the little <laughs> bell button, because then that way you get notified when we post new episodes. We yeah. haven't determined the schedule yet, but once we do, you'll know. Yeah, we're going to do it consistently. I mean, this didn't, we had to set up this first time. We're just trying to figure we out logistics. That's quick. Yeah, we like, did. We decided was pretty quick. two weeks ago that we were going to do Yeah, this. Ron, the intro's legit. I love it. It is awesome. The outro's so legit. So, I, think the outro, I mean, he just did all this like. The outro, I think, will evolve as the podcast. Yeah, because you can add. But I think change. I, I really love that outro because, like, that was such a significant moment for you. It was uh, huge. Of the transition from California to here. And He's very sentimental. I like this. To a real like, job, so I, I like, so that. much. And then I just love that it shows your fun personality. So yeah. I'm like, you know, for now, we're going to go with this. But the outro, the outro, and maybe even the intro, like, it'll evolve over time. If yeah. we're still doing this in a year, I'm sure we're going to have something new for those next year it's like friends you know when friends first started right. and they had the intro of it i'll it be there for you it changed they have to because otherwise yeah. you don't want like you know 18 or whatever 21 year old chandler on the intro is like right. season 10 like yeah. you, you gotta have gotta a little more updated yeah. so i get that I, I don't mind looking young though in that intro i mean this may last two episodes and doesn't matter oh no yeah this side yeah 2010 so it's 2010 yeah, it's no. the photo where it's side by side. Yeah. Oh, Red I'm sorry, 2005? Six. 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 2006. My yeah. gosh. 13 years ago. You know what's crazy is like, you you still look thin, but compared to that photo, yeah. you almost look anorexic. I know. <laughs> like, Dude, I look creepy. I know. You looked I like now away, yeah. compared to then as then compared to high school. Dude, yeah, like that, we that weird. Yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> you have, we'll you throw have them up. On your <laughs> we'll, we'll dig them up. With my, with my I'm going to get some. I have to hire someone to get the old tapes, you know, because we made so many videos on those tapes. I don't know. It wasn't which even ones on you can show. digital. You could probably show Gringo. <laughs> Gringo would probably be one you could show. Well, yeah. that's on my YouTube. Maybe Gringo I, too when Charlie I, comes into play. What I'll do, yes. yeah. What I'll do is at some point we'll put a playlist on Chittis or MD. Okay. Of those ones that are online, because there's some stuff I did med school, and that I mean, it's more for roasts and things. I can't really show. It's for a very select audience. Yeah. 
So we'll keep that select. <laughs> There's some good ones, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so it's fun. Well, cool. Well, thanks you guys for doing this. Thanks for coming on, being our first honorary guest. Um, at some point, we'll come up with like a little thing we'll give our guests. Um, I have nothing to give you. I ate all the apples. I was going to give you some apples. I ate them yeah, all. I was worried they were going to be all up in well, my, I was my adult braces. Those things. No, in addition to that, I think it would be fun to uh, come up with like uh, do like a monthly giveaway of something. Like It doesn't have to be something yeah, yeah. big in the beginning, but just something to like keep uh, keep people having more of a reason to come back besides yeah. getting to know you. You get some merch, some free merch for people. Actually, yes, that's a great idea. If you guys would like to see <laughs> some t-shirts, Chittister MD specific merch, <laughs> let us know because I've had a lot of merch ideas, but I think I got to twist Jerry's arm to get it done. So yeah. like, if you guys say we'll you want to see goes. it, if people want to buy it, we'll get it done. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna have to get, well, you better, you better go patent that right now. Yeah, people, as soon as you, you better bleep that out. Bleep it out. Don't I'll, let them I'll hear. Bleep it out. Okay, but we'll remember it. <laughs> that was good. Tag that. that was I good. like it. But um, yeah, we'll get there. That'll be awesome. People wearing. That should the, be like the bleep. sub title to your. Oh, I like that. Let them, uh, let them know to uh, leave any. Whatever they want to hear us talk about on future ones, we'll keep a list. Yeah, yeah. leave comments of ideas. Yeah. Comments. And, Tell, yeah, yeah. Ron's, Ron's got good ideas. Um, last thing I was going to say, this chair in the middle here, this is my gamer chair. If you come on the show, if you get invited, you get to sit <laughs> in that chair. That's the, that's the spot. There's a lumbar support pillow. Yeah, I didn't There's want it on my back. cervical spine pillow. I mean, you could sit in this chair for probably 48 hours straight. You get to be the peanut butter and jelly between <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Grandma Sycamore bread. Yeah. Favorite bread. I do not get endorsed by them or get paid by them, but I love Grandma Sycamore bread. Wouldn't that be amazing if we already had endorsements on the first Dude, podcast? no, you know what? I already had yeah. people, I already had some people reach out to me and say so they want to sponsor this sponsor. podcast. I'm not even kidding you. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah I mean, this is the first. Where, from what, what did they see I, it on? Like, well, because I advertised on, on my Instagram. Product, was it on a poster from an IG story they responded? Um, on my story. It's not, yeah, it was a private DM, yeah. but it's literally one person already said, Easy. yeah, man, I'm telling you. But after he watches it, he's gonna be like, have, "No way!" I have big, <laughs> nope. big ideas for this, for you and this. Like I'm telling you, a year from now, two years from now, nobody will even remember Doctor Now Two and It's just Doctor. Oh, bam. Okay. Well, that's the other thing you gotta go get right now. Okay. Well, I got Terry just, Tiddler. On I Terry, just have no, to make Terry Tiddler will be another Terry guest. Tiddler, I can't you, wait to you cannot it's, do cut off. Scrubs though, like nine hundred two and all. That's disgusting, I, man. Yeah, I'm quaboshing that like, right now. He always liked to have Yeah, we're not doing yeah. that. I don't even but, uh, have hair on my chest. The, I couldn't even do it if I tried. Two segments, two recurring segments I want to have is one with Mindy called "That's What She Said." Oh yeah, and one with Terry Tidler called "Taste." That's what he taste, said. Oh. Uh, like oh. a tasting with Terry Tidler. Yeah. Somebody Ooh. put it. It was a comment in one of your IGs. Yeah. But I wrote it down because like I'm like, it. tasting with Terry Tiddler, so like... We're going to do that. We're going to bring him on. He'll okay. interview with both of us. Okay. And that will be fun. And then obviously, that's what she said. That's going to be my favorite segment. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited, dude. So, oh, no. you know... <laughs> I'm scared. It'll, it'll be fun. All right, cool. All right. Well, thanks, you guys. <laughs> thanks for coming. We think of a cool way to end every podcast. I don't... Yeah. Today, we can get away with just saying bye, but like we got to come up with something that... Like a little catchphrase. So this is Jerry Chittister, Dr. Chittister, Chitty, Chitty Bang, a.k.a. the Tids, the Tiddler, signing off. Thanks for tuning in. One show, a.k.a. every misspelling you've ever had. Oh, we're going to do that. We'll do that. We'll pop it up, too. Kind of like I did on my stories, but we'll pop it up. Yeah. All right. 
Thanks you guys for tuning in. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Say you never ever leave from beside me. Cause I want you and I need you. And I'm down for you always, KB. Do you love me? Are you riding? Say you never ever leave from beside me. Cause I want you and I need you. And I'm down for you always. But the new me is really still the real me. I swear you gotta feel me before they try and kill me. They gotta make some choices. They run it out of options.